All right, guys. So this is our Ask a Senior podcast. So basically, I'm a junior. My name's Shelby Johnson. (laughs) 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 I'm going to be asking these seniors questions that juniors have. Yeah, what's up? I'm Madison. I'm a senior. I'm Anna. I'm a senior, too. All right, we already discussed my name. My name's Shelby. First question. <laughs> first, I had, a, I had a lot of questions about seniors and, like, and the college application process. Okay. So most of that's going to be what that is. So we should start out by just saying, like, how do you, what's the application process? Like, how do you apply for college? Okay, well, my first step was probably to make a common app account. And, like, I know that that is... Either Common App or Coalition is like our applications that a lot of colleges will accept. So for the few that don't, you have to go like on their website and then they'll show you like what their application is. But Common App is a really easy way to like get all of your information in one place. So you fill out like all the Common App questions first and then you start adding colleges to your list. And then those colleges, like, individually will ask you a couple more questions about yourself and, like, maybe ask you for, like, a writing supplement and stuff like that. But overall, like, Common App makes it much less daunting of a process than it was, like, without it. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think the Common App is, like you said, the the best place to start, especially because it allows you to add your teacher recommendations on there and your essay can just be transferred so it has like a lot of the same information so you don't have to repeat it which makes it a lot easier instead of doing the same thing over and over and over again and it also allows you to like kind of build a college list so it like lets you see like visually I'm a very visual person so like let me see like the colleges I'm applying to what they still need in my application what my process was and then like after you submit it it also tells you like if it has been downloaded by the college and things like that so you have a good idea of like what the colleges are missing and things like that but even going before that I would just think like the biggest thing about like the application process is like making like a good list of like colleges that you think you're interested in because I remember when I started to apply for college like I really had no idea like what kind of schools I was interested in or like even where I wanted to go and so I just kind of was like applying to random schools and then I realized like it was a really expensive process, so I needed to be more intentional with, like, where I was applying and, like, things like that. That actually brings us into the next question, or another question. Okay, just me. <laughs> yeah, no, you kind of just did a great segue to that next one. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, so, I gotta find it. How do you know what colleges to apply for? Anna, you want to start this one uh, out? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay, so um, I would say apply for all the state schools, well, at least the state schools that you're interested in. So, like, for example, I applied to UCF, UNF, UF, um, University of Miami. I don't know if that's the state school, but whatever. So, like, all the yeah, it's in Florida, so I think it is. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> before <laughs> you go into, like, your private, like, liberal arts type colleges, I would apply for all the big ones first. Because, like, like me personally, I got really, really interested in this one private liberal arts college that I now find out I might not be able to go to, but I'm not really sure. So I'm really glad that I applied to all of my state schools so that I have a good, like, background and, like, like backup plan just in case I can't go to the school that I really want to go to. Yeah, I obviously kind of have, like, a similar situation. Like, I would definitely say, first of all, 
make sure that you apply to schools that you know like are going to be within your financial means so like for example like UCF was like my main backup like if I if I didn't get into like the school I wanted to like UCF was a really good backup option just because like it's like proximity to like everything here and being super close to home but also like it just being like a really cheap option um with like bright features and things like that so I would say like it's super important it's not like a bad thing to have like schools that like are your backup but like are good backup you know what I mean like I don't know if that makes Mm -hmm. sense but I feel like I don't know if you feel like the same way Anna but like there was like some like there's like stereotypes about certain schools like FGCU or UWF like oh don't apply to those schools you'll get a bad education but I think yeah like SSC maybe is a little bit different Shelby but (laughs) (laughs) but even I think like it's not a bad thing to apply to like a smaller Florida school as like a backup in just in case but I would also say just apply to schools that you're really passionate about and like you feel like you'd fit in there because I ended up applying to Wheaton which is a Christian college like Christian private liberal arts college which is like super expensive and I never really thought that I would be able to financially afford it but like the door is open so like don't also like don't limit yourself because of like the financial like burden the financial stress like I'm really confident that like if you're meant to be there like the doors will open mm-hmm. I have one thing to add to so like I myself I want to be a veterinarian so for my college applications I tried to work backwards so I looked at like the vet school that I most want to go to and then I applied to colleges based on that that would get me into that vet school so like I'm not going to go to a school with like no name recognition really yeah that makes sense and then try to get into a really good vet school I'm going to go to a place where I know I can get all of my like prerequisites covered and stuff like that and my general ed taken care of and then I'm going to be able to apply to the vet school that I really want to go to so for anyone that's trying to get like uh, a doctorate or do more than just their undergrad or more than like a master's or something I think that would be an important step as well when I see you guys are tying into my next questions like you're really doing it just great so both of you kind of have a general idea of what you want to do with your life like somewhat in terms of career path mm-hmm. so what do people do if they don't know what they want to do I could kind of into this because I didn't really have like a good idea what I wanted to do until like really this year I would think like this sounds so basic and a ton of people told me to do it and I was like how is that can help me pick out like what I want to do with the rest of my life but like just really think about what you're passionate about and it's like crazy but like whatever you're passionate about you can probably find a way to incorporate that into your career and so I I've like I just like really like like helping people and like making people you know like be the best version of themselves like without sounding too cheesy and I didn't really I knew I didn't want to be a doctor and I knew I didn't want to do anything like in the medical field which is like the main like the first thing you think of like right like oh you want to help people like be a doctor but I realized that like through like education like I can help a lot of people well at least I hope I can help a lot of people um but like that was like a passion of mine and something that I always wanted and so like I found a way to like make a career path out of that and I would also say like don't get harped on like harped down on what you could make financially in the future if you have a passion for something and you want to do it as a career just pursue it and no matter the financial means or like the financial stress like you might be put on in the future it would be I honestly personally believe it's better to do something that you love and that you you're gonna want to do forever and not hate your job than just participate in a job that you hate only because you're gonna be making money like I'm going into education and I know like I'm not gonna be making a lot of money but I'm not upset about it because of you know the fulfillment I think I'm gonna get from it yeah no I agree (laughs) that was a good answer
Okay, next question. Not the best segue, but it's okay. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> what, uh, I, what, when are you supposed to start, like, starting the application process? Like, during the summer, when your senior year starts, end of junior year? Um, I would say that a lot of people tell you to start, like, at the end of your junior year. But me, personally, I didn't start until, like, August, probably, of my senior year. And I thought that applications were going to be a lot more difficult than they actually were, I guess, and, like, more time-consuming. Like, like for example, I'm going to go, like, home tonight and apply for a college, like, tonight. Like, I can do it. You can do, like, college applications in one afternoon. It's more like getting your teacher recommendation letters and, like, writing your essay. That's, like, the bigger part of it, I think. So I would say, like, start the fall of your senior year. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also started it around August, and I think I got a little bit more stressed with my college applications than most people, but I just think that was because I was putting a lot of pressure on it, which is, like, something, like, now I've come to realize you don't need to put on it. Like, if if you don't get in, you don't get in. If you get in, great. Like, and like you said, like, you, there's so many different schools that you can apply to, like, all year. But I would definitely – someone told me that, like, they they wrote their their college essay the summer going into their junior year so like june july and so like the first month of school they were having like teachers and friends edit it and i think that is really good advice like if you have time over the summer your junior year write your college essay or at least have a draft of what you think you're going to write because then that gives you more time to get it peer reviewed and things like that because all your teachers are going to be editing people's essays and you want to have them to have you want them to have the time to like properly edit it and give you like good feedback which is I think something that I kind of lacked and also going on that make sure that you give your teachers like ample time to fill out the teacher recommendations because I know I asked two teachers to do it and I'm sure they had like 20 or 30 other students also asking them at the same time and so it can just be a lot for them and you obviously want them to take the time to write you a proper response and if they're swamped with tons of people then it's just going to become really generic so try and ask teachers that, that like as soon as possible and make sure that you thank them too like that's something I didn't realize but like they don't have to write your recommendation letter like they don't have to edit your essay but like if you go back to them later and say like thank you for taking the time to do that that's going to make like a big impact on them I think mm-hmm. can we just say like a quick word about college essays because like is that okay what do you guys like to do about college essays? Okay, you tell me. Yeah, you go, Anna. Okay, so, like, I didn't know before I started writing my essay that, like, you can literally write about anything that you want. Like, I feel like Common App and a lot of colleges will give you, like, prompts to write your essays based off of. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the last prompt, it, prompt is always, like, write whatever you feel like. So, like, take whatever you're passionate about and write about that. A lot of people tend to write about, like, really sad stuff that's happened to them. And I feel like while those essays can be really, really powerful and really, like, meaningful, I feel like they can also be very generic sometimes if those people are just trying to get sympathy out of the people that read the essays. So I would say that you should write something that that you, like, know a lot about, something personal, because this essay isn't, is less for, like, the the applicant application readers whatever whatever they're called the people at the colleges to like check whether you know like your grammar and spelling and like stuff like that and it's more to see if you would fit in at their college so like write yeah. something that truly represents who you are as a What'd person you write about? do you mind oh, sharing 
Yeah, sure. I Sorry, was- Shelby, I saw your job. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. No, I was looking at you like that because it's smoking person. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so since I want to be a, a veterinarian, I wrote about all my experiences with animals because when I was growing up, like, my family took in a lot, like, a lot of foster animals and basically about, like, how that experience, like, taking care of all those animals has, like, helped me grow as a person and, like, has helped me find what I want to do with my life. So, like, that's really meaningful and, like, personal to me. And, like, I managed to incorporate, like, something that I, like, struggle with into that essay. So, like, it helped me. It, like, it showed the readers that I was, like, that I, like, went through something that made me a stronger person and, like, helped me develop as a person. Yeah, that's awesome. I would also say going off of that like college essays just make sure that if you do write something sad or like a sob story or whatever like if that's what you feel like you need to don't share sob story like they don't actually have <laughs> <a long story. laughs> sorry that's not what i meant <laughs> but if like you choose to write something sad like make sure that you're not just making it sadder don't put on a show is mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say because i think you have everybody has like a story to tell and even if you don't have something, like, super traumatic that's happened in your life or something super sad, like, that doesn't mean you don't have a story to tell um, to the to the readers. And I think, like, it would be better for you to tell, like, an authentic story of something that, like, shaped you who you are. Like, it could be a happy experience, you know? Like, you don't always have to, like, share something sad. I mean, like, I know for me, I wrote, I wrote about something, I guess, like, kind of sadder, but looking back on it like I still made it like really my like really my own and I made sure like I incorporated like things that were personal to me in it you know what I mean basically just don't go searching for problems like (laughs) live your life and write your essay about it um all right amen Shelby amen (laughs) next question um I you guys can already answer this but like best time to start asking for recommendation letters I would say beginning of your senior year yeah and make sure you pick teachers that like you. Yeah. Can they actually write negative recommendation letters? Um, I had a teacher. I'm just going to share this story. I'm not going to expose the teacher's name right now. But she had a student ask her for a, t- a recommendation letter that, like, she absolutely hates. And she, like, talks about it, like, very vocally about how much she hates the student. And she, w- she looked at me and she goes, should I just, like, send in a blank form? <laughs> And so, like, I'm sure she didn't, right? But, like, you don't want to take the chance. <laughs> like, it's over for you. <laughs> All right, we're going to start shifting away from college questions and just about senior year in general. So this is more Brantley-centered. What classes and or teachers should we avoid? Avoid? Avoid. Oh, man. <laughs> um... I would just say really as you're considering classes for your senior year really just can like look at your strengths as a person and if you're not really like a history person maybe AP Gov and um, AP Macro isn't your your strong suits um don't take those classes you know and like don't feel like you're you're pressured to take those things like and also know that like AP Gov is kind of and AP Macro is kind of a weird class because it's a semester long AP I personally feel like I should have only taken one of the two AP classes and not both but I didn't know you could take a semester AP and then semester honors so just know that like just because it's a it's two APs that you don't have to take both APs like you can only take one like you don't have to take both yeah I would say that like like some people will tell you 
that your senior year, like, you shouldn't take any AP classes because, like, you're going to be really stressed out with, like, other college applications and stuff. And also, like, colleges look only at your final transcripts from junior year. So it's, like, junior year to freshman year and nothing from senior year. But that's not true. So I would say that take don't take all APs unless you're, like, extremely comfortable with yeah, that. Yeah, definitely don't take all but, APs. Yeah, but don't take none either because mm-hmm. a lot of colleges will look at your mid-year transcripts, especially depending on when you're applying to those colleges. And if you're, like, deferred from a college, they'll ask for your final year transcripts to see if you're if you can be accepted. So I would just say, like, stick to your comfort level, but remember that you're going to have a whole other workload of things to do so don't take more APs than you're comfortable with I would also say if you're if you have the opportunity like you should consider being a student assistant for a teacher um I just think it's really like fun and you just (laughs) I don't understand what's so funny Shelby I'm trying to speak on my podcast right now um (laughs) sorry um anyway yeah I think it's, like, super cool to be, like, a student assistant because you just get to, like, help a teacher and you just get to, like, I don't know. I think it's fun to, like, see other students, like, taking a class and, like, get to talk to them and, like, build relationships with students that, like, you probably would never have a class with because, like, they're younger than you and things like that. But uh, but keep in mind, if you're going to student assist, understand that some teachers get more workload than other teachers do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, what you're saying. Okay, this is my last question, and probably the most important question. So, senioritis is real. How do you stay motivated to keep doing work after you've been accepted to college? Um. Okay. Well, I don't think that unless you're only applying to like one or two schools, which don't do that. That's a bad idea. That's because, a terrible idea. Yeah, like you might not get accepted to those schools and that's just the reality of it so apply to like I would apply to at least four or five to be honest but most schools don't have like early um like they don't let you know early in your senior year whether or not you've been accepted like some schools like UCF are rolling admission so like you can find out as early as like November or December but a lot of schools don't let you know until like March like I have schools that will let me know if I got in in April or not in April but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's very scary so like I think that you can stay motivated because you still don't know if you got into like the college of your dreams or not like there's a good possibility that you didn't and like it's still in the future so you're still motivated to keep up your work yeah so for me um I found out that I got into Wheaton which is where I'm going next year literally before winter break like i the decision came out like before we were on winter break so we were in like what quarter two we were in dc yeah. so when was that quarter two? Yeah, quarter two yeah i found out really early and it's um it's really difficult i'm not gonna lie to you guys like it um because i'm just like why does it matter like i already got in <laughs> but um just you always got to keep in your mind that at the end of the year all colleges do require an end-of-the-year transcript, like a a final high school transcript. And so I don't know if they're going to look at it or not, but, like, whenever my grades, like, start to, like, dip a little bit or I'm thinking about skipping, I just, you know, um, am reminded that I don't want to lose my scholarship. (laughs) No, they can take away your scholarship if your grades are, like, way below your average. So so. so it's not even just, like, low. It's, like, how much your, your GPA generally is. Yeah. 
Wow, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, but well, that's it for today's episode of Ask a Senior. Yeah, but if you guys do have oh, more okay. questions about college applications, they're doing this thing at lunch. Also called Ask a Senior, but we did that it happened, first. That happened today. So, oh, did it? My bad. <laughs> we'll edit that um, out. We'll edit this out. <laughs> anyway, guys, so we're going to do an ending. We're going to end it here. Um, great talking to you guys. <laughs> if you guys have more questions about Brantley, life as a senior, or maybe you're an underclassman and you just have general questions about um, Lake Brantley and things like that, just feel free to reach out to Anna, Shelby, or myself, and we'd love to film an episode just... Um, helping you guys out. Yeah, answering your questions. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye.